From movies to music to social media, we're talking about the moments that saved us in 2020. And we're looking ahead to 2021. There's so much good TV and film to look forward to, and we promise it's not all Marvel. The date, December 28th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. We're bringing you a special week of content as we close out the unique hell that is 2020. But despite all the bad, today we're focusing on the good. Look at us being positive. Mm, We love. (laughs) In particular, the pop culture moments that got us through it all. We're sharing our highs and lows. So Zach, please start us off. What's your high point? My high point is a little piece of low culture that I cannot stop thinking about, especially because my Instagram is filled with their content. But it is the show Love is Blind, specifically Lauren and Cameron, who I even dreamed about last night, which is very bizarre (laughs) that I'm telling you that. Wait, that's wild that you had a dream about them. I love that for you. I did. I just, yep. I just remember that as I was saying their name that I dreamt about them. But okay. So for those that are not aware, Netflix pulled out, uh, rolled out a show right before, right as the pandemic was really hitting America called Love is Blind. It is a dating show, but the shtick with it all is that these people never see each other uh, until they do promise to marry each other. And then they finally get to meet each other. And then it follows them uh, going down that path. And the breakout stars of the show were Lorna Cameron, an interracial couple that now live in Atlanta, Georgia. And I, from the beginning, was obsessed with both of them. I would marry Cameron. I see myself in Lauren. So I was deeply, deeply committed. And so much of the show felt like a a warning, a canary in the coal mine, per se, of what we were all about to go through as single people. And that, like, we were going to have to be separated from people and talking to them, to them through screens and through devices that didn't let us be physical. So the show, for me, just operates on every level. But since the show has gone viral, become super popular, Lauren and Cameron have been the breakout stars. They have a deal with the Ellen show, they have deals with major brands, and they've become rich, rich from their love, rich from their interracial <laughs> love, and I'm obsessed with it. And I just follow them. I still talk to Cameron some on Instagram because he was on am to dm So I'm deeply committed to them having children and naming one of them Zach. So there you go, Casey. I hope they do. I also love them, but I'm also deeply offended that you reminded me of the show because I can't believe that happened in the year 2020. It was the beginning. The beginning. It was because when people were talking about like, oh, this is how dating's gonna be in COVID. It's like, no, like that was a joke at the time. Like people didn't really know. And it's like, oh yeah, for the foreseeable future, that is how this is working. Yeah. And I really (laughs) don't think Netflix has a magic ball or their future tellers, but the show was just so perfectly timed with it. It went viral. They came to BuzzFeed it a lot with us. And then two weeks later or so, everything shuts down. And then we all had to do Love is Blind. I'm sorry, but maybe they do have a magic eight ball because do you then remember too hot to handle where they couldn't touch they couldn't like kiss <gasps> or have so sex true. what's that about what's that about so netflix that's our new conspiracy theory netflix is behind this year that was all to drive revenue and their stock prices wow casey we're calling the feds immediately <laughs> All right. So, Casey, moving on from my obsession with reality television and love, what's your high point of the year? My high point was high, but it's also very depressing to think about now. Okay. It's the week that I thought that Taylor was queer and so was her album. <laughs> wait, she, okay, wait so, that's not true? I'm confused. <laughs> well, she hasn't, she hasn't specifically said it yet, okay? Okay, fair, 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 fair. And I am definitely a person who is like queer until proven otherwise kind of situation. And she very well could be. She could not be. But I think like people have been waiting because there's been these rumors, you know, that like Taylor's queer, etc. So then when people are like the song Betty, it's gay. This is like it's about a girl like 
all, all this stuff. I did deep dives. I was going down holes I didn't know exist where I was like, oh, okay, this proves it. This proves it too. And then it came out that it's just like all the names in that song were just about Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's children. And then <laughs> I was super sad. But you know what? I'll never forget that week where I was on a high. <laughs> I And I love that you were on a high and I still love that so many queer people get on highs at the possibility of superstars being queer because it reminds us that, you know, we're not there yet as LGBTQ people. We don't have full acceptance and equity and all these things and that why we get so excited for Taylor Swift to be queer is that her queerness, if it was real, would help propel us to more equality. We know it because we have much more <laughs> work to do and that Taylor Swift would really be like, I don't know, it'd be like a, a five-hour energy shot to queerness. Like it would like wake us up yes. and we're you're like, there yes. we go. <laughs> We'd make lots of shirts. Yes, there'd be so many shirts. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, Zach, as my, just because, you know, we do have to be depressing on this show quite often. What what was your pop culture low point of this year? I have to say it is, it or it was, influencers being monsters. I think the pandemic really sent some of you girls into a spiral in ways that I never really imagined. Like I knew Instagram was such a huge part of people's identities and ways of moving about the world. But when they had to sit home and take care of themselves in order to take care of everyone else, we saw so many people failing at it, whether it was like the Paul brothers or the Kardashian West. And it was just so disappointing that people are missing this opportunity to use these massive platforms that they make a lot of money off of um, and use them to do good in the world, to tell all of us to sit at home, to take care of each other and care for one another. And it just wasn't feeling that way. And I think a lot of people got canceled. Um, and some of them are capitalizing on being canceled and rebuilding, as we've seen with some of the girls on TikTok. But it just was really sad to see that even in a pandemic, people couldn't sustain caring for one another. And Instagram influencers really proved that to me. <sighs> they really did. And it, it, it's one of these things that, you know, I've talked with my friends, too. You can't control everything that everyone does in their life. But you can control, like, what you post. Yes. Yes. So... Do what you're going to do if you're going to be that kind of person. But the fact that like these people with these followings then posted about it, it it's just like, it's a, for, there's another level for to that. Who, who is this for? Like, why are you doing Like when Kim Kardashian West, who I have deep respect for, I have deep, deep respect for this woman as a businesswoman, as a cultural icon, as a powerhouse, as someone that commands more power than Vogue these days. Why did she need to post that she was on a private island and, you know, chartered a major jet to get people there? That was for you all to do privately. We as a yes, public were exactly. not getting joy from that. I don't know why you thought that would be joyful. So it just felt mean at the end of the day. And that was like the selfishness just came off as mean. And I'm like, you could have just saved this for the private archives. Keep it to yourselves. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Casey, what about you? What's something sad you can share with us? Oh, you know what? I think my low point was that... Um, J.K. Rowling has officially been lost as an idol for me and many other people. You know, it, it was a long time coming. She's done. She's had said some many wrong, hurtful, detrimental things. But this year was a brand new year for her where she really like showed her true colors, you know, and I will not accept a transphobe in my life. I will not give them money and I will not support them. And I think a lot of people feel that way, too. A lot of her fans were just so disappointed in her. And the one good thing that came from it was a togetherness felt by fans of the Harry Potter series. Because Harry Potter was a place for people who were othered to find themselves, to find a home, 
and to see how to treat people right. For the most part, there are some overarching messages in there that like really do teach you those things. And so we cannot erase what we learned from that. You know, we did learn it and we're able to use it now against her because we know what's right and we know what's wrong. And I do think like I had this conversation with my mom you know, who she thought about a lot too. She knows like, you know, she grew up with me, like her taking me to all the movie premieres, buying me the books, et cetera. And she just like turned to me one day on the couch and she said, I think you should separate her from the books and movies. It's the characters who brought the world to life. And she's right. They're on their own now. They are separate from, they have their own minds that are not controlled by J.K. Rowling anymore. And yeah. I love that you've been able to do that, separating the artist from the art, because, you know, we hear that conversation a lot from like the sides of a Michael Jackson who's been accused of terrible crimes and others, or a Harvey Weinstein or Woody Allen. And, you know, a lot of that is for people... I think it's just different with J.K. Rowling when we have this conversation because queer people have found refuge in those characters. I know so many queer people who have Harry Potter tattoos on their bodies and these characters were conduits for escape for them to survive and thrive in their adolescence. So when J.K. Rowling kind of did this 180 and came out as transphobic and unabashedly so and has dug her heels in over and over again, your mom is right. We can take those that art from her and we can separate them and create that line in, in the sand and it's good for us because I think we should never diminish what we get from people's art or from what we get from these characters in this particular instance. And J.K. Rowling needs to see that, that we can say that you created this thing in the world, but it goes off and lives on its own and you no longer are taking care of it anymore. Like, we will take care of this as queer people. Yeah. And there's nothing better than Daniel Radcliffe going up against J.K. Rowling and being in support of trans people on the Trevor Project's website and signing his name to that. I mean, that's it. There's power in taking this away from her. And I love it. You can do it. You can you you all can do this in your own ways. And I love that reclamation is a real thing that you all can enact every day. It's radical. All right. When we come back, we're looking at all the good stuff we've got to look forward to in 2021. We're talking TV and movies with BuzzFeed's Allie Hayes and Nora Dominic. it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt the body you're in deserves respect love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from she fit save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022 Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Welcome back. If there is a single unifying truth about 2020, it's that we all spent a lot of time inside on our respective couches streaming content. And it's looking like next year, at least the first half for sure, may be going the same way. Here to talk about everything we're excited about watching in 2021 is BuzzFeed's associate movie editor, Allie Hayes, and TV editor, Nora Dominic. Good afternoon to the both of you. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Of course. So it's kind of a strange time since there's going to be a lot of overlap between TV and movies this year. As far as films go, we'll be able to stream most new ones the second they come out. Let's start out with some family-friendly options, Allie. So what can you tell us about Raya and the Last Dragon, which is supposed to be coming out in March of 2021? Yes. So Raya and the Last Dragon is going to be one of those little test movies that Disney's doing where they're hoping to release it simultaneously in theaters as they are on Disney Plus, I believe. As far as story goes, I love a girl and her dragon story. So that's pretty much what we're getting here. We're getting Kelly Marie Tran playing the lead. And then we're going to have Aquafina voicing a dragon because someone's clearly <laughs> been reading my diary. Oh my Um, So that should be pretty sweet. We haven't actually seen any designs for the dragon yet. I have scoured the interwebs, but I'm hoping for a pretty fluffy pink one. Haven't seen one of those in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, personally, this next movie, I am so excited for it. I'm bummed that I won't be able to see it in theaters, although I think some people will be able to if you choose to go to theaters. But it's in the Heights. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I was hoping Nora would jump in on this. So excited. (laughs) She is a fellow Lynn fan. Um, Should be really good. The trailer I've watched about 40,000 times. I cry a good, like, maybe 39,000 times out of all the times I've watched it. It's going to be incredible. It's a true movie musical. Um, I feel like we haven't had one in a while because I've definitely deleted Cats from my memory. (laughs) But, oh, oh, how ironic memory. Anyway. (laughs) But I'm tisk. I'll be here for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Anyway, um, but in the Heights should be pretty good. I mean, we only have the creator of Hamilton having written all the music. It's based yeah. on a Tony award winning musical. Um, should be absolutely fantastic. We have my son, Anthony Ramos. I love him to death. Cinnamon roll in human form. Um, so it should be pretty fun to watch. And then what about uh, The Jungle Cruise, which is coming out in July? Oh, boy. Okay. So how much time do we have? We have Dwayne the... Remember, your set is only 10 minutes. I was going to say, that's my set. We're not talking about my Dwayne the Rock Johnson passion monologue that I give to anyone who brings him up. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the scorpion king of my heart. Um, He is going to be um, starring 
with Emily Blunt. The movie is giving me huge The Mummy vibes, huge 1990s adventure vibes. We also have a lot of great uh, references to the ride for Disney fans in the trailer. Um, So it should be a pretty fun, literal ride of a movie. (laughs) Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, I want to pivot to some other movies that may not be so family-friendly. I think my family would have let me watch this as kids, but, you know, not everyone. So let's start with Dune. Hugely anticipated. Timothy Shaw. Hugely anticipated. Huge cast. It's going to be so, so good. Um, I was a little disappointed when it got moved, but simultaneously you can't be that disappointed because it's begging to be shown on a big screen. There was a Dune movie back in the 80s, but I mean, come on. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we don't acknowledge. There was that period in the 80s where we were making action movies and we were trying to go big. Yeah, it's trying to go big, okay. and instead we went home, was what happened. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. My, what is this comedy oh, set? Have, have you met me? <laughs> this is okay, all this is I brilliant. do. I've been home for a year. I've been waiting for this Human moment. contact is happening. Yes, I was going to say, someone pull my mic. Oh someone my give God. me the hook. No, we're going to keep it going. <laughs> we're going to keep it going because we have another throwback that we yes. have to get to. Candy Man. Candy oh man. my god. What do we think about this? I am beyond excited. I am BuzzFeed's kind of unofficial horror movie queen, if you will. She's the official process. <laughs> I haven't gotten certified. <laughs> but I do love me a horror movie. I'm very excited for Candyman. Being produced by Jordan Peele, I believe, and directed by Nia DaCosta, who it was just announced last week that she's also going to be taking on Captain Marvel 2. She's incredible director of Little Woods. If you haven't seen it, it's I love unbelievable. That movie. She's unbelievable. I'm so excited for this movie. Also, a little eye candy in there. Catch my drift. <laughs> little, little eye candy, the old candy man. So it should be pretty good. Amazing, amazing. Finally, for this section, Halloween Kills, which is the sequel to 2018's Halloween, 12th installment for Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer. You know, we're getting more horror here. So what do we think about this, Nora? I am so excited and so ready for it. It's all I'm talking about and all I'm thinking about. I love following Jamie Lee Curtis and that whole saga of it all. So it's I'm super excited for it and it's going to be so good. Is she still the queen of Scream? I, think I would, would say so. Her? Is she royalty? Yeah, I would still? think so. Uh-huh. I feel like people are just rediscovering her nowadays too. And just like anybody that's followed her, it's been like super great. Yeah. I mean, she's like she's the undisputed. Yeah, I name her a queer icon, and I don't think she actually is queer. But I think queer people we just love Mm -hmm. her very much. One hundred, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so to wrap up movies and to very much lead into TV, we need to talk about Marvel. (laughs) Of course, we have got a roundup of superhero movies. We've got two from Marvel, and then there's that very, very confusing Suicide Squad sequel, (laughs) but not a sequel coming out. Okay, so first let's talk about Black Widow, which is coming out in May. Yes. Uh, once again, another moved one that I was highly disappointed in, but you can't be that disappointed. It's going to be unbelievable. Another incredible cast. People have been begging for a Black Widow solo movie for literal years, um, and we're finally getting it. And what could we ask for more? We have Florence Pugh in it. I just want to see Every, Florence The Pugh. internet's wife. So what more could I we want? want? I know. It looks so good. I feel like it was announced so long ago and I was so Mm -hmm. bummed that it got moved. But I think that's another movie where it's like, I want to see it on the big screen. So I'm like begging for it. 
Okay, so let's move on to the Suicide Squad, which is hilarious to me because wasn't the first called Suicide Squad, and now this one is just the Suicide Squad? They did an opposite the social network. They yes. added the the. <laughs> yep. Made it less clean. I really thought I was having, like, weird brain problems when I first read about this. Because I'm like, wasn't this already named this? This is so confusing. So why, why have they done this? What's going on here? And they even have, like, half the same cast in it. Yes. So we're just really forgetting <laughs> about the first one. Yes. So as far as I can tell, as a full-on, not only movie nerd, but comic book nerd, this is the closest we're ever going to see to a movie mulligan. They're just like, can we try again, please? Yeah. And you know what? I'm like, James Gunn, you got me. Like, take my mind. Money, I'm there. <laughs> and rid- riddle me this. Why is Pete Davidson? Who <laughs> on yes, earth why? knows? I'm not even going to speculate because no. I do have speculation, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, but yet another why, absolutely wild cast. I don't know where they're getting all of these people, but... The like, like poster <laughs> for it, the names before yes. the actual The Suicide Squad title yes. are as long as the poster. Yes. Okay, so this one, the final movie, which I'm excited about. Again, a Marvel person who had no clue what was happening, but at Comic-Con, <laughs> I was standing up. So it's Eternals coming out in November. If people haven't heard about it, this is the movie that Kumal Nanjiani got oh, yeah. ripped for, yes. correct? Yes, I was just going to say that. I was like, if you know nothing else, know that you're going in for ripped Kumal. And that's the price of the admission. You got Angelina Jolie, you got ripped Kamal. What more do you need? I don't even know what it's about. I'm there. <laughs> I'm like sold. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pause, everyone. Angelina Jolie is in the yes. sure is. My whole year has been made. I had no idea. I am like a deep, like deep cuts Angelina Jolie stand. Like deep, 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 like Tomb Raider is why I'm yes. getting like, truly oh 100%. God, but also, but also helpful was, um, what was I just thinking of the other, uh, Wanted. I was like, it's been a long time since we've seen her in a true, just doing it for the bisexuals movie. And here we are this year, really performing for us. Yes. Happens. Oh, I love, thank you for that. That really, really thank you. Now I'm happy for 2021 even more. All right, so in 2021, we're also going to see a bunch of Marvel shows coming to Disney+. Plus. Nora, what are we expecting with these? We know it's WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki. Walk us through these, and why are people so excited? Listen, we're really combining Marvel and my love for TV so flawlessly right here. I can't even talk about it. Kind of what Allie was saying with movies, these have been pushed back, and now we're finally getting them. So we're starting with WandaVision in January, and really, we're just hitting the ground running to Falcon and the Winter Soldier in March, and then Loki in May. So it's like a complete string. Everybody's reprising their roles. I'm sure there's going to be cameos throughout the whole thing. WandaVision I'm super excited for because not only am I a huge Wanda fan, but it's directly relating to the next Doctor Strange movie and the next Spider-Man movie. So it's really the launching pad for like the next phase of Marvel. So it's like super exciting. I'm so pumped for it. And, and Nora, we were slacking about this. How good of an actor is Elizabeth I, Olsen? She's just she's so, good. so good. I love Elizabeth Olsen. She's so good. I've interviewed her once before. She's like the nicest human being on this planet. I can't keep singing your praises. And she's so chill about it because she's playing like arguably the strongest Avenger. And she's so casual about it. And it's so great. And she just like loves doing this for the fans and loves Marvel. So it's like, I'm so happy she's finally getting her own show. And like, even that section of the Wanda comic is like some of my favorite Marvel comics. So it's going to be so good. Mm -hmm. 
I just, as someone else who's also interviewed her for work reasons, she is so incredible. It makes you forget that she is the yes. younger sibling of the old Yes. <laughs> I, like, interviewed, That's so- I interviewed her and we were doing like quick rapid fire questions. And I was like, who's the last person you texted? And she was like, oh, my sisters. And it was the most casual thing. <laughs> like casual. Like, oh, I have American no idea who they Olsen. are. Yeah, yeah. It was like the casual thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, totally. Okay, so we're also very excited about the return of Batwoman to the CW because it underwent some serious casting drama. What happened there? Listen, I've never been so floored. There are a few times when TV news has absolutely floored me and Ruby Rose all of a sudden piecing out of Batwoman was arguably the biggest shock of my entire life. I remember literally hitting the floor. Ruby Rose decided that she wasn't going to come back as Batwoman um, for a whole host of reasons. And they've basically recasted not even recasted. It's a completely different new character in Jafisha Leslie. So it's a black woman. She's going to still be queer, which is exciting. Um, and they're basically revamping season two. They're keeping all of the other characters, but it's being led by this like completely different new character. So I'm really excited to see how they do that. Can you talk about that? So is she not Batwoman or is she supposed to be a different iteration of Batwoman? So basically she's not Kate Kane. So Ruby Rose's character, I would assume is going to die. I don't like, you know what I mean? She can't wow. really slink off. I don't, you never know. Didn't Ruby hurt her back yeah. last year in the midst of all in this In the midst stew? of all this, okay. she got like seriously injured on set. I think it was almost one of those things where she didn't really realize how demanding a superhero show was going to be. It sounds like almost. Um, so her character is kind of going off into the sweet night and we're getting a completely <laughs> new character who becomes her own version of Batwoman, which I think is really exciting because there's even parts of the show they could have, you know, used it to pivot. So it's still Kate, but she looks different and they decided, no, we're just going to, she deserves to be her own character. So that's where we're headed with Jafisha Leslie's introduction to it all. All right. Okay, so there's one more show before you go that I want to bring up that I'm pretty excited about, and it's with Apple TV Plus, and it's called Dickinson that stars Haley Steinfeld. The one with Haley Steinfeld. So why do we love it so much, and why should we be excited for season this two? This was, I think, arguably one of my favorite shows of 2019. It was kind of Apple TV's like first introduction to TV, and they kind of dropped all of season one at once, like in that weird period between like Christmas and New Year's, where we're all sitting on the couch and doing absolutely nothing. Um, and I binged it in literally like a day and a half um and it's so good and it's about emily dickinson and like her life but it also puts like a really modern spin on it like the music is great and all modern um jane krakowski's in it it's a really ella hunt who i love it's a really stacked cast and season two is finally coming back in january and i'm so excited to see where it takes it and Haley's always great in everything she does and i love her so much um so i it's like a really good like feminist show and if you've never really read Emily Dickinson poems or really know much about her, it's like a great introduction to it all. Yeah, and it does such a good job of balancing the darkness of Dickinson uh, with the lightness of being like a Gen Z young person that would be creating art at this time. (laughs) Exactly. It's like the perfect, like everybody can relate to being like nervous about putting your art out there and your writing and stuff like that. And it really takes that as the center stage of it all. So I'm, I'm so excited for it to come back. Okay, finally, I need a new show or a show, any show to get me through the rest of 2020 because I feel like I've watched everything. Can you each give me 
a show that's helped you get through 2020 that I can binge watch right after this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to blob it out there. And everybody I talk to knows that I've been talking about this show nonstop. I need a season oh, God, two I know what right now. Say. No, I bet you won't. No, I'm going to pivot. I'm not going to throw out the Queen's Gambit that I've been talking about nonstop. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm throwing out... Julie and the Phantoms on Netflix. Oh. I'm lobbing it out there. I'm loving it because it's just fun and exciting and the music's great and all of those teenagers have more talent in their pinky than I have in my literal entire body. Um, and who doesn't love Kenny Ortega? I feel like everybody can enjoy him. <laughs> Truly a fair question. You know? So it's like, it's a fun show. If you want to just binge watch something fast, it's perfect. Yes. Okay, Allie, what about you? Oh, God. Everyone already knows what my answer is. It's you have to watch The Mandalorian. Yes. If you're not watching The Mandalorian, I don't even know what you're doing. No. You do not, you do not have to know watched. anything about <laughs> Star Wars. If you like cute things, if you like action Space. sequences. <laughs> yes. If you like very impressive sets. If you like <laughs> handsome men in handsome armor, men. it has something. I love for, all um, these yeah, things. This is my sale. Exactly. It's it's got something wow. for everyone. <laughs> Okay. All right. All, All right. right. Well, Nora and Allie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun. Yeah, thank you thanks, guys, guys so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for our year in review of everything COVID related with BuzzFeed's health reporter, Dan Vergano. And remember, we hope you enjoyed Nora and Allie's comedy set as much <laughs> as we did. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second. Shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Hello. I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest. And many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. 
Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.